What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Trigger warning. The following episode contains descriptions of graphic violence and adult language. Viewer discretion is advised. I'm Danielle. I'm Max. And each Wednesday, we crack open a bottle of wine and dive into some thrills, chills, and spills. This is Innocent Till Tipsy. Johnny Depp was headed to court last month over a civil suit with his location manager for the movie City of Lies. So this alleged assault took place in 2017 while they were filming the movie City of Lies. This man, his name's Greg Rocky Brooks. Isn't that funny? His Hmm. nickname's Rocky? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's never been in trouble before. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because Rocky from, um, like, one of Amber's friends was named Rocky. Yeah. So that's so weird to me. I'm like... I never heard of so many Rockies in my life. Yeah. No, Johnny just needs to stay away from Rockies. Um, But he alleged that while he was on his way to enforce a permit restriction, Johnny approached him. And he claims that Johnny shouted on at him, who the fuck are you? You have no right to tell me what to do. I don't give a fuck who you are and you can't tell me what to do. He said Johnny was Johnny reeked of alcohol and Johnny punched him twice in the rib cage during this. Greg says he managed to keep his quote unquote composure during the assault then Johnny said, I will give you $100,000 to punch me in the face right now. Make okay. it make sense. Yeah. And then, weird. yeah, Greg alleges that Johnny's bodyguards had to remove him from the set. They removed Rocky? They removed Johnny? Yeah, they removed Johnny from Johnny. the set. Johnny. Hmm. Yeah. Like usual, like I, like I said to you before we even started this. I had an idea of what this case was about. Yeah. And then I actually got a hold of the court documents. I was just looking through the media because the court documents are actually a really pretty penny online. You have to purchase them. Hmm. Um, but then I was following the real Laura B. She's on Twitter and she also has a tea time with Laura B on YouTube. And she actually posted the actual, she must have purchased them herself. Thank you for purchasing them. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So we actually have the court documents to go through. We're going to go through the deposition of Johnny. We're going to go through the deposition of Greg. Before we do all of that, and like I said, my opinion changed totally on this from looking at it. But before we do all of that, let's get into the wine. We're really excited about this bottle. Let's get into it. Okay. So it's an orange Swift. This one is abstract. It's so cool looking. Yes. We buy wine by label sometimes. And orange Swift has a lot of spooky labels. So sometimes we end up with a lot of orange Swift. Um, It is from Napa. It's about $40. I know you can find it pretty much anywhere because it's so widely distributed. Um, And let's pour a glass and then tell me what you taste. So I did pour a glass beforehand because I was nervous. So <laughs> that's fine. I haven't. I'm going to catch up to you. I'll wait for you. I'll swirl mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I didn't use my aerator. I should have. This is a good bottle of wine. I know. Shoot. What am I? It's literally sitting here on the table. We're idiots. Well, I'm glass. Let's just be real. So we'll get it out for next time because I'll forget. <laughs> Again, I'm surprised you, sitting here. you didn't just do like a heavy handed pour. <laughs> and I did. This is a big glass. Thank you. 
it's pretty big for 1030 in the morning. <laughs> Give it a nice swirl. Oh, I can smell it already. I know. Mm. Okay. Do you have any notes on like what we're supposed to taste or anything? I do. I do. So tell me what you taste and I'll tell you oh, if no. that's like what they, they're thinking. We should have cheers. We're idiots. <laughs> we're Shoot. falling apart. Oh, are we morning. doing cheers? Yeah, cheers. cheers. Glad we're all back. Back in action. I like it. Maybe because it's the morning, but it doesn't taste as smooth as I remember Orange Smith, uh, Orange, oh, wow, no. <laughs> Orange wines normally. Yeah, it's not as um, like rich and bold as mm-hmm. I was anticipating, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's very juicy and berry and a little bit sweet. So I know that you're not like super sweet and that's why we're probably having different reactions. Um it's raspberry, cranberry, and plum. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm, yeah, very berry. And a hint of sweet cream. Yes. Um, luscious, velvety mouthfeel, it says. Yeah, black plum. It's what you kind of taste. Yeah. I probably yeah. didn't say what this is. It's a red blend. So it's made of um, Grenache, Petite Syrah, and Syrah from California. That makes that makes sense. So it's not super – it's not dry. It's lusciousy, berry, juicy, and, but it's not deep and bold either. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, yeah, that's yeah. what I know about wine words for this one. Mm. Um, total side note, um, but I got my box of wines from Naked Wines. I did too. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm like so Christmas. excited. So next, next uh, episode, and we'll have to see if we have any like matching or if it's all just like different wines for us. I both know each to we try. can do a show and tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited. Okay. Yes. Very cool. exciting. Yeah. This is not my favorite of the Oren. Um, <laughs> but, I know. It looks just so cool, though. I mean, it is. How could we mm-hmm. not? Yeah. I'm trying to think of what my favorite was that we've had of his. We have a spreadsheet at this point because we've tried so many. <laughs> I know. So important things to remember concerning this case. Just like the Amber Heard Johnny Depp case, this is a civil case, not a criminal case. I know a lot of people were getting that confused even with Amber and Johnny. So I just like Mm -hmm. to reiterate that this is not like Johnny was arrested um, or anything like that. Um, Yeah. So also, if in any of the court documents, they talk about a movie called Labyrinth. That's the code word for City of Lies or what City of Lies was going to be called. I don't know which one that oh. was, but it's it's the same movie they're they're referring to. Have you seen City of Lies? I have. So this is an embarrassing story. I watched it with my mother. <laughs> and spoilers, like we'll put a little thing in the description. Just skip ahead like 30 seconds here if you're on our podcast thing. Um, but my mother, we're watching it and Johnny's character dies. And but the way he dies, he's like loaded onto like this gurney and every he's like a heart attack. I'm hysterical. Like I'm, I was a mess, and it was like seeing Johnny like loaded like, up on. I really <laughs> die. You're just like imagining it. <laughs> I had like a whole mental breakdown. It was an embarrassment, and She's I like, like Danielle. It's a movie. It's a movie, <laughs> and I'm a crier for movies, but I'm like an ugly crier. Like sometimes, like oh, I think it was me before you. I had to get up out of the theater because I was like, I am too loud currently. <laughs> so oh, I like, get super sucked into. Yeah, I'm a crier yeah. too. Like, I got you with that. Mm-hmm. But that movie is about Biggie Smalls, like the last days of Biggie Smalls. And um, oh, really? yeah, it's really cool. Not actually. It. it was not like marketed at all. It was no. actually a really underrated film, especially for having the likes of, I mean, Johnny Depp, Forrest yeah. Whitaker, um, Biggie Smalls mom participated in it as well. Wow. Yeah. So really a cool film. Sounds um, cool. Yeah. I'll watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. 
Um, so let's first look at the accusation from Greg Brooks. I kind of did an overview of it, but we're going to look into his deposition. I kind of want to preface it with, and this is my own personal opinion. I feel like Greg, and I haven't, I don't, I've never seen an interview with him. I've never seen, I mean, he's not a public figure at all. Right. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed, if we can like preface it with that. And I don't know if that affects the court case or or not in the way, but he starts off his deposition by listing all the things he has medically wrong with him because he might have to get up during the deposition and take a break, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fair. But then they're like, okay, of course, the lawyers jump on that. They're like, so what injuries do you have before this if you're alleging Johnny injured you? You know, like immediately, almost destroying his case. Um, And he... Like, it would damage his claim, you know, like, however many injuries he had. He, he goes on to discuss two car accidents. I know how badly a car accident can just mess your body totally up. Um, and you can tell the lawyers kind of lean in on this um, throughout the deposition. They're jumping on it like pre-existing conditions then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, you were already like injured. A hundred and ten percent. Yeah. Okay, so here's one of their questions. And would you agree with me that none of the injuries that you attribute to the incident with Mr. Depp in any way prevented you from working in your chosen field, at least through October 8th, 2017? And he says, when you say injuries, does that have anything to do with the incident? They say, yes. He says, okay, then yes. They say, okay. So, and tell me in the period between June 18th, 2017 and October 8th, 2017, when you were had these jobs that came after the labyrinth film city of lies mm-hmm. he says, yeah, what would you like to know? The lawyer says, well, my, my question simply is, and I need to find out from you, but my assumption having looked at your work history here was that for many months after the incident, you had no difficulty obtaining or doing work in your chosen field. Correct. Now this also goes into his claim because he not only claims that Johnny injured him, but also claims that he was blacklisted from Hollywood because of Johnny. It's just like Amber. Mm-hmm. But so he did that, work after this film. He did work after yeah. this film. Mm-hmm. So he says, um, it wasn't as easy as it used to be, but correct. And he said, and when you say it wasn't as easy as it used to be, what do you mean by that? And he says, well, there were people questioning me about the incident. They say, okay. And who were these people? He says, producers and such. Say, okay, putting that aside, and I want to make a very a distinction here. So putting aside any negative ramifications that you think might other people in the inju- industry might have had because you were involved in the incident, set that aside. I want you to focus on your physical or emotional trauma that you suffered from the incident. Was there anything about your physical or emotional trauma from the incident that impaired your ability to work at least through October of 2017? He answers, no, not really, no. And dude, why you don't have a case? I know. Yeah, he killed his own case. Shoot. So, well, yeah. I don't know, shoot, but like. It sucks because they did settle out of court. So we'll never know exactly what was settled on, who, like, I guess Johnny filed for it, why he did that. But he goes on, like, this next question here, it says, and would you also agree that any impairment or your ability to work in later periods has to be with your belief that you were blackballed? Is that right? They say, correct. Would you also agree with me that any impairment of your physical ability to work in the period after Labyrinth has nothing to do with any physical or emotional trauma you claim to have suffered? 
He says, can you repeat the question, please? Sure. I just want to understand the lay of the land from your point of view. Would you agree with me that no physical or emotional trauma that you attribute to the incident has impaired your ability to work since the incident occurred? Then he says, I would disagree. And I would say emotional trauma is certainly rising its ugly head. Okay. And when did... When did emotional trauma begin to have any impact on your ability to work? And then he's like, this is, then he responds. Oh no. I would like to say after filing suit, the story. Oh, coming- now all of a sudden you have a, an emotional trauma. Lawyers, lawyers are going to jump all over that. That's after, cause it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> deal with the case at all. Then it, no, if, then if the trauma came after the suit, then wasn't about what the suit's about then. Mm -mm. So he said the false stories in the media coming out afterwards and the news really took a big hit on my emotional stability, but that, but it come, it came out after you did the suit. So you created your own harm and that it's not Johnny blackballing you from the industry or anything like that. Yeah. He, he made a really strong case for Johnny's attorneys. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> and his oh, attorneys man. are like, no. Yeah. So let me scroll down and get to what he, the start of what he said um, concerning his, uh, his, the incident that they keep <laughs> discussing. I always love these like court documents, the incident. The incident. Oh, man. Like my head hurts from what he says. So just to preface this, Greg had originally sued also the film's director, Brad Furman, along with one of the producers, Miriam Siegel, along with Johnny. So he dropped these claims without prejudice partway through the proceedings. Mm-hmm. That meant that they could be brought back into the suit at any point in time, but now it's completed. So no, um, I found this interesting because. So then just left Johnny. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the Greg also listed, he felt like the director, Brad and producer Miriam and Johnny had like this three way triangle friendship mm-hmm. that was really um, unhealthy towards a working set environment is kind of what he lists. What I found interesting about that is I read both depositions, both Johnny and Greg's in full, and we'll link them down in the description below um, so that you can read them as well. But what I found interesting is Johnny actually listed the same issues um, with Miriam that Greg did. They both had issues with, she was a very emotional person to work with. She would at times yell and and freak out like when things didn't go her way and and everything like that and really take um, her own issues out on the staff and mm-hmm. Johnny witnessed that too. And he didn't think it was professional. And he said he felt embarrassed at times. Like it was just a very awkward working environment. So I thought that was so weird that Greg kind of in his yeah. mind thought that there was this, it was like a bitter this, like click of like, yeah, mm-hmm. them against him. Yeah, it, it was very strange. And I would be interested to know, and maybe Laura B has gone, I didn't get to watch her series on on this at all. She is really like pounding through all of the documents and not giving the overall synopsis we are here. Maybe she listed it through the documents. Um, but I'd love to know why he ended up dropping the suit um, against Miriam and against Brad Furman as well. That would be um, interesting to me. Um, well, but what me would see. he be alleging their part was if Johnny's the one that punched him? Well, allegedly. I think... That's what I'm concerned about, too. I don't fully know that. Um, Like, what his... Like, if your emotional distress happened after and you weren't physically assaulted by either of them, 
mm-hmm. you're alleging like a harsh working environment or I mean, yeah, I just don't yeah. know enough about what he would be alleging for yeah. those other two. Yeah. They were like a party too. Johnny's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Let Weird. us know in the comments below or in the live chat um, what's going on with that. We should have, honestly, at some point, I tried to invite her um, this week. We um, we just didn't have the schedule time match up. We should have the real Laura be on sometime. Absolutely. I met her when I was in. Yeah, I met her when I was in um, uh, Virginia. I knew her immediately. That was the weirdest thing about meeting all of these Justice for Johnny Depp creators. Is I was like, oh, my God, I know you. I don't know you, <laughs> but I know you. But I feel like I know you. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but yeah, we should definitely have her on because she she is probably the most knowledgeable source. She was actually listed in the court documents. You remember when they were going through yeah. all of the like, incredibly average, that umbrella guy, the real Laura B. She was one of the Internet journalists that Amber's team had. Issue oh, my with, gosh. That Adam Waldman was talking to the great and evil Adam Waldman. Wow. They start talking about Mr. Duffy. In either of these discussions with Mr. Duffy, who I believe was one of his employers, did you tell him that Mr. Depp had physically struck you? He says, yes. And tell me as best you can and recall what you conveyed to him about it. I told him that in the process of enforcing a permit for the film LA, I walked up to the first AD and told him that it was the last shot and I was directed by Brad Furman, the director, to tell Johnny Depp. And I went over to tell my officer, John Bigrig, to enforce the permit. Did you have any idea why Mr. Depp approached you in the first the first place? He says, no. Would Mr. Depp have any reason to know that you were doing anything to shut down the production at the time that he approached you? Because remember, Greg's alleging that Johnny assaulted him because he was mad that production was going to shut down. Who the fuck are you to tell me that production is going to shut down for the day? Um, he says, no. So as you sit here today with all the events that transpired, can you think of any reasons why it was that Mr. Depp approached you in the evening? He says he, he overheard Brad Furman tell me to go to him and say that it was the last shot. So you believe that Mr. Depp heard that then that, and then approached you for that reason. Is that your testimony? He says, Absolutely. Okay, how close was Mr. Furman at the time Mr. Depp interacted with you that evening? Mr. Furman and Mr. Silver were next to each other, and I'm not sure where Mr. Depp was. I was not looking for him at the time. How would he overhear you if you don't even know where he was? And also, if he overheard it, and he what he's alleging he overheard was that the director told you to go tell Johnny, then Johnny would overhear that you're the messenger. I don't understand why he's like, I get what the, where the lawyers are going with this. <laughs> yeah, like, They're like, why would he hit you? <laughs> right? How would he know? Why would he hit you? Like, how would he have known that this was what the issue was? Because he says that Johnny approached him. He doesn't say, like, when I went to go tell Johnny that I was shutting down the set, Johnny then, like, attacked me. He's like, Johnny approached me as I had been instructed to go tell him things. But he hadn't gone to tell Johnny that they were shutting down yet that night. It's and so not weird. To mention, unless like I get celebrities were just saying like in general, like can have this complex of like, who are you to tell me? Okay. So oh, set 100%. that aside for a second. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Johnny yeah. And, and all major actors work on sets that have permits that like time out. Okay. Yep. We have to wrap for the day because the permit ended for here. Like mm-hmm. it's not the first time Johnny would have been t- told like, okay, we're done for the day. Yeah. So I don't know why it would have been that upsetting to begin with. 
Like So they allege in, in Johnny Depp's deposition that we'll get to in a moment here, and I don't know if we'll read this part like in the clips that I have, because obviously I'm not going to be able to read the, both yeah. of their full depositions. It would take hours, um, but you can look at them yourself. But apparently Johnny, I believe that evening, had flown one of his friends, Killer Mike, who's a rapper, in for him to film a scene. Um, so that's kind of where they're alleging is where he got so mad about it. But the thing that's also interesting is that day, um, Biggie Smalls mom was also on set. Like there were family of the people that passed away in this film on the Mm -hmm. set. Um, so I just find it interesting that either party would be aggressive because we will get into apparently Greg Brooks was very aggressive that day as well. And we'll we'll touch on that as well. But it's just Mm -hmm. kind of if to me, I'm like, geez, that's embarrassing when you have such big. Like an audience watching yeah, film that day, yeah, yeah, especially for their loved ones. You know, that's um, you'd probably be on your best behavior. You should, yes. So he says, so when you were say you weren't sure where Mr. Depp was at the time, you're referring to the moments before he approached you, correct? That's correct. At the time Mr. Depp approached you and came within a few feet of you, do you recall how Mr. Furman was to the two of you? He says ten feet. Okay. Was his view of the interaction between you and Mr. Depp blocked in any way to your knowledge? I don't believe so. So from your recollection of that evening, would you have expected that Mr. Furman would have a clear view of what took place between you and Mr. Depp that evening? Correct. The witness says correct. So there's no one that really backs up what Greg says. In fact, we'll get into another witness um, that talks about this event because there was an interaction between Johnny and Greg that evening. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. But what that interaction was is what's, you know, up for question. And they kind of go on with this. I won't bore you with it, but they kind of go on with the allegations that Greg makes against Johnny. And they ask him multiple times, like, did the punches knock you down? He says, no. Did either of the punches leave any physical marks in your body? No. Um, did either of the punches bring you to tears? No. Like he basically says he took it and had no reaction to it. He had no bruising to it. And then he was able to continue on the rest of his evening with his job. Like it didn't impair his job or him continuing on, which that in and of itself, even if say Johnny did punch him devil's advocate, I mean, that's, I feel like enough to kind of lower your, what you would get back in the case. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're like, well, okay, you're but- not like seriously, seriously injured, but obviously no. it's assault if anyone lays hands on you at all. So like, mm-hmm. I get that if someone punched you, if you don't have bruising, if it didn't like deter you from doing your job, like it doesn't negate that they punched you. I had yeah. a boss one time shove me and I was like, she assaulted me like what's gonna happen here yeah i was like she cannot just shove me at work so like i get in a working situation if someone lays hands on you at all yeah it's considered like assault or Mm -hmm. i don't know probably like but i get it's not the same as someone clocking you knocking you out having bruising like it's it's not as violent as maybe what he made it out to be or something and I think it would be different if, like, you take action in the moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, if um, this happened, right. Greg should have definitely called police. There should have been a report filed. Do you know what I mean? Like, Johnny should have gone to jail that evening. Like, there should have been more action. I will say, like, to that point, why have we all been assaulted on the job? I worked at a hotel <laughs> in Canada. Um, this guy that was, like, super creepy, um, He, we were at the front desk, and he literally put his hand on my hip while talking to me. And we were checking in guests. That was the awkward thing about the whole thing. And it was just like, 
what the, and we had to go to HR and then like so many women had to like report and it sucked. Cause like all of us had an experience with him. Like when we went forward and it was just like, yeah, yeah. What a guy. Ew. What a guy. He was Ew. one of those people that like lies constantly though, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of miss his stories cause he would come back. He said that he had us, uh, him and his band were really famous that they had a song i'm not joking they had a song on the soundtrack of 50 first dates it's like he doesn't know that google Dude, exists. google exists <laughs> yeah and then i asked him um i can't remember where he was from but he'd gone home and brought his girlfriend with him and when he got back i was like oh how did she like you know home how did she like your mom every meeting everyone and all of that and he was like well she really didn't like 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 when i go there i'm recognized like a lot <laughs> So she didn't like all the, I was like, okay. Oh, all the, all the fame. Yeah. Sure. All, all the fame. Yeah. It was just really annoying for her. But anyways, um, yeah. So I, I vibe with that, but I feel like if it had been more of an immediate, like I'm calling the cops Report or it right away, let's talk about what happened the rest of that evening, because there was another interaction between Johnny Depp and him that evening. And I actually need to send you a photo concerning it. I didn't want to spoil it beforehand, so mm -hmm. I didn't send it beforehand. I love when I get photos. <laughs> it's always amazing, too, because I'm like, oh, no, once you see the photo, that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, mm -hmm. you're like, well, that didn't happen. Like, it just like hearing testimony or reading a transcript, you're like, OK, devil's advocate. And then you see a photo, you're like, no, no. OK, the disappearing mm -hmm. bruises. That's the disappearing bruises. Okay, it's coming in. You'll get to see what Greg looks like and what Johnny looked like that evening anyways. It that's a wrap. Does that mean that's the end of the day and they're hugging? <laughs> yeah. Hugging it out. <laughs> they're having a big hug out. Um so that's it's the fucking man is wild. smiling and pointing like Yeah. So that gets brought up. <laughs> yeah, they're like, why are you guys like buddies then? Mm -hmm. he punched you and you're so injured so basically what greg says is that evening um so greg and johnny have two separate stories we'll get into what johnny says happened that evening after the altercation happened um but greg says that he saw johnny taking photos with his fans um in a parking garage late that night after they'd wrapped filming and one of his friends miguel suggested hey you should take a photo with him too and so they took this photo and then he posted it everywhere like he sent it obviously to friends that's a wrap and like whatever else right so let me read you what one of the court documents says concerning Except this for you photo. see the man every day so you could take a picture with him any day just don't it's probably weird. take a picture with him the day he punches you like the whole thing is really strange to me. I don't understand. So let me pull. I'm not saying it couldn't have happened. I'm saying it's very mm -hmm. odd. Yeah. So strange. Greg did say in his deposition that the two of them did hug it out and broed it out, whatever the fuck that means. Um, and they kind of dudes are weird though. Other. I still don't understand when guys are like getting a scuffle and then their buds like no. You fucking mm. shove me. I'm not <laughs> friends with you. <laughs> I'll never forgive you. But that's how I, we Yeah, I will like Google a, yeah. you 10 years later. It's not. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll keep telling this story too. Oh my God. I was with um one of my friends this week and she was talking about this woman that um her um person had cheated on her with like years ago. And she accidentally, when she brought her up, looked at her story and I was like, no, <laughs> don't look at her story. <laughs> I just needed a face with a name. I didn't need. No, now she knows. <laughs> but then oh, you're like, God. good kind of that. She knows. I still like, I still know where you are. 
<laughs> I get scared though. Like you don't want them to think you're jealous. It's like, they're, I'm uh, not jealous. It's just, there's like, I'm just oh, looking. God. yeah, <laughs> I'm just creeping on you and my friend years later. Um, so yeah, Mr. Brooks admits that both men were smiling in this picture. Incredibly, Mr. Brooks also testified in his deposition that he posted the same picture to Facebook where it remained for months until yeah. the day after he filed his lawsuit the day that he takes it down <laughs> i don't know if that's better or worse oh my oh my when mr brooks deleted it in a blatant attempt to destroy evidence that would undermine his made of claim oh <sighs> so question oh it's bad question when the last when's the last time that you've seen a copy of this picture of yourself and mr depp that mr gutierrez took answer when I erased it off of Facebook. <laughs> That's the Question. last time I saw it when I deleted it. <laughs> when oh, was wow. that? Answer, right after I filed suit. Question, why did you erase the photo right after you filed suit? Answer, didn't seem like a good idea for it to be there. <laughs> That's honest. You're like, it wouldn't and, help my case if I'm seen hugging the man I'm like suing. And why did you think it not a good idea for it to be there? common sense <laughs> i love that answer uh question did the photo remain on your facebook page from about the day after the incident until the day you filed your lawsuit yes what is how'd they get it or how they find it then if he had deleted it and like i mean i, I know you can know. recover these things but how are they like hey you uh used to have a photo I know other witnesses or something. Well, I know in the deposition he admits to taking the photo, right? So they mm. asked him like a million times in the deposition, like, where is this photo? And he's like, I honestly uh, don't I don't think he really did know like where it was, but somehow through it all they found it. Oh, they so, yeah, they got that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. Those are the highlights from his deposition. Again, like always read it for yourself. We have it linked down below, but that is the highlights from Greg's deposition. So let's what a freaking shoot. Wild... So why does he have a case or why would they settle? I, Other witnesses the, witnessed Johnny punch him or like not, otherwise not it'd be a what, non-issue. That's it. Not from what I have seen so far from all the documents that I look at. Um, I don't know why he settled and it took him a long time to settle. Like it was literally going to go to court last month and then he suddenly settled. And I don't know if it's because we're coming hot off the heels of Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard. There's a mm-hmm. lot of publicity right now. Maybe they just didn't want his name in it yeah yeah i i don't know there's like a lot of i looked up last night actually when things settle out of court what what is the deal with that and it said it can have pluses and benefits um pluses and minuses excuse me for both sides um especially like the person you're settling with is probably going to get less than what they think they should have gotten do you know what i mean like going into it because they feel like they've been wronged and everything but if there's not a strong enough case then it works out well for them because yeah his lawyers may have been like settle it yeah yeah Yeah. and then also though like with johnny it's like well maybe he just was like fuck it like i mean mind you how much money does this man have like i I don't know but yeah That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Anyway, And at any given time, I'm sure celebrities have like a laundry list of lawsuits that are brought against them as do businesses oh, yeah. and other things. They're always like have like a laundry list, honestly. So oh, yeah. they're like, yeah, just... I just hate what this has done because honestly, okay, so a lot of people were like, you know, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, they're both trying to argue they're not violent people, but then there's, you know, X amount against them and everything. So Johnny Depp has been arrested twice before um, for, um, excuse me, like um, altercations like this, which is why originally before I read these documents, I thought I was like, oh, well, then he probably did punch him. But let's see what the story is. I now after reading these documents, I don't think he did punch him. Um. I would but, like lean to what other witnesses have to say. And if there's other uh, witnesses that are like, dude, no one saw it. It's a set of a movie. Like there's other people around. He was literally saying he's 10 feet away from the director that told him to go tell him. Yeah. So like yeah. someone had to see something if it, if it really transpired, I guess. Before we get into Johnny's statement, I want to bring up what Adam Waldman, the evil Adam Waldman had to say about this. <laughs> Depp's lawyer, Adam Waldman tells the blast. What to do when a punching hoax against Johnny Depp? He uses the hoax word so much. And I think sometimes I do think hoax really kind Backfires. of. Backfires. Yeah. 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 What to do when your punching hoax against Johnny Depp is disproven by multiple eyewitnesses and date and time stamps photographs. Try to link up with the other hoax that is also disproven by multiple eyewitnesses and photographs. How do we know? Rocky Brooks lawyer threatened that she is working with Amber Heard's lawyers. Although one hoax has nothing to do with the other, throw in a few irrelevant smears against Johnny Depp for his past addiction and recovery, and you have the inadmissible in-court PR strategy of every one of his opponents. Litigation is evidence rather than PR base, as our opponents continue to learn the hard way. <laughs> I do love It's like them, a PR and marketing <laughs> and lawyer ch uh, chess game. He, I tell you, his quips, they're quick. He's a quick boy, but oh God. Oh God. It's bold, so, bold it's, move. It's a bold move. It's a bold move. <laughs> and it, you can find some clips of this deposition actually online um, that Johnny has put forth. And he actually talks about um, an altercation that Greg Brooks had had earlier that evening with another member of set, I believe, where he flipped him off and was very aggressive and people had to tell him to calm down. It's something to kind of take into account because Greg was also asked about this and he did confirm that, yes, he did flip someone off and he thought that that was fine and um, he was aggressive with his language, but he said he had to be in order to kind of shut down the filming of that day and, and everything else. So I don't condone that behavior. I feel it's unprofessional, but how, mm -hmm. but like, let's just talk about other professions. Like look at coaches in the NFL. Do you think when they're yelling at someone that they're like uh, adhering to the same professional standards that we expect of like a receptionist in an office? No, right. like I don't condone like being aggressive towards people and belittling people. Like I just think like you think you can sue someone for flipping you off. Like then we, yeah. this is like, 
I get it. It's America. We're suing for everything. But like someone flipped you off. Someone flipped me off on the way to work today. So like, I'm not going to sue them. I probably was an asshole driving here. I was late. Like it happens. Yeah. I don't know that situation. It's just like, okay, punching fine. But like flipping you off. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's human. Human. I'm sure that's standard behavior for the industry. Yeah, that's true. So question, why don't I ask you then what your independent memory of of what occurred with Mr. Brooks, the plaintiff in this matter on the night of April 12th, 2017? The first time that I ever, I believe it was the first time I ever laid eyes on Mr. Brooks and our, the discussion that I had with Mr. Brooks had nothing to do with the location hours or pressure to get off the street. I witnessed Mr. Brooks behaving in an irrational and sort of angry manner in which he began to, there happened to be an elderly woman who was supposed who I suppose he felt was in his way. I I don't know, but he was very disrespectful to her and used harsh words with her as if she had done something to him. He had in his words to her were great with anger and bitterness. And, you know, there was a lot of poison in it and it was, it was just not, it was so belligerent. And my reaction to that was to stop that confrontation was to remind him that he was on a film set and that this, he had no right to speak to that woman in that way. And he was the way that he was speaking to her and no right to treat her that way. Did he think that he was something more important than she, that sort of thing. And he had quite a, he had quite a cocky attitude. Um, and when you we'll go back to more details, but when you approached him to stop him from speaking, can I say rudely and disrespectfully to this woman, Johnny says all of the above. Did he stop mistreating her? Did he stop what he was doing? Johnny says I had gotten in between. And so he did stop and question. Did he apologize? No to the woman. No. Did he apologize to you? No. Did he respond? Yes. Did he respond to you or to the woman? He responded to me. Do you remember his response? Yes, it was not word for word, but it was somewhere in the neighborhood of fuck you. I don't have to listen to you kind of, you know, okay, that sort of thing. You know, like I said, he got very cocky. I felt very froggy. I would love to know what froggy means in Johnny's mind. <laughs> I've heard the saying feeling froggy. Doesn't feeling it mean froggy. like, are you ready to fight or I don't, I guess. I don't oh gosh, probably not. Sorry, internet. Well, like, probably no, is not at all. the bouncing they do with fights, but that's so funny because like he says things in such a weird fucking way. He's also, froggy. <laughs> I'm probably reading this at 10 times speed that Johnny Depp actually said it. Cause I don't know oh, if anyone like, remembers in court. He's like, so he responded. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, ten like, years. God. So the lawyer, he responded by telling you the star of the film, fuck you. I don't have to listen to you. Johnny says pretty much. And you didn't have him thrown off the set? No. Okay. And in your lifetime of being you, do you know I'm what I you. mean by the lifetime? In your of lifetime being- of being you. In living your life. <laughs> um, oh, God. And um, do you know what I mean by the when I say the lifetime of being you? He says, no, all too well. <laughs> oh, God. Um, has anybody on set ever told you, fuck you? Yes, yes. Okay. Any production assistant said, fuck you to you? No. I had an incident on a film where the filmmaker had intimidated this young French actress who was in the film. He manipulated her into doing nudity. That was that she was that she had been uncomfortable with. His name was Jeremy Levin and he was the director. That's from Don Juan DeMarco, by the way. I Googled that. Mm. Um, but yeah. 
He told her that Johnny was very upset that she had decided not to do the nudity scene and that I thought it was, you know, very important to the film. Um, and I thought you can't speak to this woman this way. You can't, you know, who do you think you are? Do you think she's less than you that you're, you know, I don't have a very, I don't have a, a big tolerance for injustice. And essentially when there's an elderly woman who's on a film set as an extra and she's intimidated already by what she, what's going on. And then for some reason, this guy just snaps on her. So I think if, seems to me if he was willing to do that and he got caught doing that, I raise attention to what he's done. And it doesn't surprise me that his response would be something like, I mean, I had also, you know, I'd been used to at that point in time in my life, I'd been used to taking some pretty good shots in the media and question your skin is thick. Um, yeah, probably putting all that aside. Would you agree with me that addressing you in that way, speaking to you in that fashion would have been grounds for him to be removed from set immediately? Johnny says, not for me, because I knew there was, I mean, of course we had time crunches at this point in time from reading the depositions, city of lies was way over budget. So mm. the stress on set was high there. There was a high stress to get everything done. Johnny continues, and every day you're trying to get the crew in and out uh, so that they can have their lives. But when you're in a time crunch and you have to get the work done, there's no time. There's no time to, and the lawyer says, hold a grudge. There's no time to hold a grudge. Um, so he kind of goes on about that um, a little bit. And then I want to get down to when they speak on, when Johnny speaks on what happened later that evening. Um, because he touches on what he kind of did to make amends with Greg. Let me just pull up that page real quick. Cause you're trying to keep the peace. You're like, Hey, that's not going to fly. Knock that off. All right. We got it's shit to do. Yeah. And especially since, you know, they are over budget at this point in time. So Johnny had said things are high tension currently yeah, at this stressful. point in time. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So Johnny lists and the end of his, and like, in the middle of his deposition, excuse me, that he usually at the end of the day wraps with a bottle of wine. Um, and that's kind of how he ends out his day cheersing and everything else. So he actually sent Sean or Jerry to go reach out to Greg Brooks. And this is kind of the interaction between them. So Johnny says that he didn't realize that Greg was kind of miffed with him um, because of that interaction. It didn't really like kind of affect him. He just had kind of put it on the back burner and moved on. But he was told by Brad, the director, that it had really kind of annexed out their feelings. Like, I don't know. Like, so, um, the question the lawyer says, and who told you that he had words with Mr. Furman prior to your interaction with him? He says, no, I learned about the, the words with Mr. Furman after. So those words were, they said, you know, we have to wrap for the day, whatever else. So Johnny says he didn't know, like that wasn't, he that didn't wasn't approach. why Johnny yelled at him or something. Yeah. That's yeah. what like, Johnny's. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that we were wrapping for the day or anything else. So, um, Brad told him at wrap that evening, um, he said, can you believe this fucking... And then afterwards, him and Brad exchanged words. He said, can you believe this fucking guy? It was one of those, you know. So, okay, Mr. Furman approached you with that, or you approached Mr. Furman with that. Brad had told me of his talks with him, his confrontation with him. And I then, because the most important thing to keep on a set, because if you let it get nuts, it will get nuts, you know. Um, and if you let things drag out, they will drag out and they'll just get worse and worse. So after that conversation with Brad, I understood a little bit more with regards to Mr. Brooks freak out. And I decided that perhaps the guy, again, he's under a lot of pressure, the location clocks ticking. So I thought to myself, this guy is look, he just got a little bit hot. He made a mistake. 
we still have to finish this film. There's no reason to drag this out. On set, disharmony takes always takes away. So I sent, I think it was Jerry or Sean to find Mr. Brooks so that I could go and have a talk with him. And if you've been following the Johnny Depp saga at all, you know Jerry or Sean or his bodyguards. Um, uh, go clear the air and that to tell him I understood he was under a lot of pressure. Now I understand that he had a discussion with the director that was, you know, not to his liking and that's his arena locations is his area. So he's responsible. So I gave him benefit of the doubt and I went up and I found him. In fact, I brought, I had my assistant bring a bottle of wine and we toasted and I think in paper cups and you know, no harm, no foul. Yeah. <laughs> we clear the air, close yeah. the chapter, be mm. like, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. You're trying to do your job. You're an asshole. I got it. Like, yeah, we're all check. trying to do our jobs here. Move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We embraced, you know, I hugged him and everything was cool. As a matter of fact, he asked for a selfie with me. And so I took a selfie with him. So yeah, as for a selfie, they're, they're cool. They're Gucci. And then the last I heard of Mr. Brooks was what Sean, I think it was Sean or Jerry. I think it was Sean that said, that was a cool thing you did that. That was cool of you. The guy came up afterwards and he said, Hey, you know, your boss, uh, he's a solid guy. He's a solid guy. So that's kind yeah, of where they left. Be it. like, I thought we settled this. I did a selfie. You were yelling at an old lady. I told you knock it off. <laughs> then we cleared the air. We moved on. We moved yeah, on. we got another day tomorrow. Like, mm-hmm. so that was what Johnny said until. So there was a GQ article released actually, and there was a quote in the GQ article that I need to add in here. Um, I know. I know. Just when you think you know. I know, just when you think you know. So this is from the GQ article, and it says, does the actor consider himself a violent man, an aggressive man? Can he lose his temper if he is prone to intoxication? The thing that hurt me is being presented as someone that you're really as far away from as you can possibly get. You know, I have freely admitted, and it is known that, yes, I've been arrested for assaulting a hotel room worker once. And I smacked a location manager on the set of the new stalled project City of Lies, a film about the murder of Biggie Smalls. And he called the cops on me. I went to jail in New York. He, there's he no record. Somebody else. <laughs> well, here's the thing. There's like, no record who's he referring him. to. <laughs> there's no record of him going to jail in New York. And then GQ posted this shortly after releasing that article. The print version of the story includes errors by inaccurately attributing a quote to Johnny Depp, as well as certain factual inaccuracy. GQ apologizes and has amended the online version accordingly. They re- they retracted that entire statement. Oh, well, so I, Johnny clearly didn't go to jail for it. And they're like, yeah, that no. was not founded. Um, it's interesting. Hmm. It is an interesting thing to chew on. Did Johnny really say those things? Were they trying to pipe up their article or pump up their article for extra clicks? What happened there? But I thought it was important to note that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. huh. And then there, mm-hmm. then there's a statement of Emma Danoff. So Emma Danoff has actually worked on three separate Johnny Depp films, which is something I would also like to note before we go into her statement. She's always a script supervisor. Johnny testified that she's nothing more. They've never hung out outside of working together. She has worked on prominent films with him, like what's eating Gilbert grape. Um, but he says they're strictly coworkers. Yeah. So, 
Emma says, I worked on the film City of Lies, then titled Labyrinth. My job was script supervisor. My function as script supervisor included photographing and monitoring every detail of onset filming, closely following every detail for verbal and physical consistency and continuity. At 7 p.m. on April 12th, 2017, I photographed John C. Depp meeting with homeless individuals who were on the street of City of Lies, the filming that was taking place. The photographs show Mr. Depp speaking with a small group of homeless individuals. He gave them money and gifts. We moved outside where we began filming the exterior scene at 10.55 p.m. At precisely 11.08 p.m. on the evening of April 12th, per the time clock on the photograph, Mr. Depp was sitting a few inches away from me on a bench looking together at the monitor. His breath did not smell of alcohol, (laughs) and he was not inebriated or under any influence that I could observe or had observed during a long week of work. Mr. Depp had already been working all day on the film. This was a special day on set, as Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Biggie Small's mother, Voletta Wallace, I might be mispronouncing her name, and I'm so sorry, um, and Russell Poole's widow and family were visiting the set while filming. At that moment, the film's location scout, Rocky Brooks, encountered an African-American homeless woman about 25 feet from where I was sitting with Mr. Depp. Mr. Brooks loudly and aggressively berated the woman with racial derogatory slurs for being in his presence. And in his way, he was pissed she was unable to follow his commands. I heard most of Mr. Brooks' unkind words towards her. Mr. Depp also heard it. He immediately stood up from our shared seat, the edge of a planter bench, and went over to Mr. Brooks to stand up for the woman. Mr. Depp said to Mr. Brooks, you can't talk to her like that. You think she's something less than you? Who do you think you are? How dare you? Johnny exchanged words with Mr. Brooks in a manner for approximately 20 seconds, as confirmed by my photographs. Then he came and sat back down at 11.09 p.m., as confirmed by the timestamp photograph. There were no punches or shoves. There was no offer of $100,000 to punch Mr. Depp. (laughs) They were close to each other, but Mr. Depp never touched Mr. Brooks. I remained 10 feet away from the incident during the short um, duration. I have 40 timestamp photographs of the entire incident. Um, Later, after filming wrapped at 1231 a.m., April 13th, 2017, inside the Barclay Hotel, per a timestamp photograph, I was in the hallway doing a post-shoot paperwork when Mr. Depp went up and Mr. Brooks appeared about five feet from me and hugged. Mr. Depp said no hard feelings, and Mr. Brooks said he said he was just in the heat of the moment, and they both departed. And then she signs. Seems rational, seems probably like the closest version of the truth. Like if you exclude both of the people that were involved in the incident, this is like a bystander who happens to have a camera with Mm -hmm. timestamps. So seems pretty rational. Right. So honestly, that's kind of the end of what I have currently on this case. It was settled out of court. We don't know what the settlement will be. We probably will never know. But yeah, I I went into this really thinking that Johnny had punched Greg over those allegations because I'd read Emma's statement beforehand. And I was like, I can see how in the heat of the moment. But now after reading both Johnny and especially Greg's, I really don't think so. Um, Just with and that's just me personally, after like reading through all of them, um, it just was wild to me. That you you don't know anything. I was talking about this with my mother last night. I was like, you really don't know anything until 
you look at the court documents, I guess, is like the end of the story. Because you can look at all right. of the titled media. And I was really scared I was going to have to base this episode on what the media said and not the court documents because I couldn't find the court documents. I like, Thanks, shout Laura out B. to the real Laura B. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Um, but yeah, in the end, I'm like, geez, this was a hot mess. And in some instances, I do think like Adam, that it was riding on the coattails of the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp battle. That's what's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was after he'd filed that civil claim against her and and the UK trial was already in process. So, yeah, I mean, that's my thoughts on it. Um, interesting. I, I, just, I think it's inter- it was an interesting case and not a lot of people I've noticed have covered it. I know a few of our followers had asked us to um, and why not? Because we've been so involved with the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp debacle. <laughs> and if that last testimony is the actual truth or closest to the truth, it's so shameful and I feel bad, honestly, that Johnny would have to like settle outside or deal with like, I, as normal people, you don't get sued for like just telling someone to knock it off. But like, if you were a celebrity and you're just standing up in this case for like a homeless woman, like you're saying like, and and, and an extra on the set, like saying, don't treat people like that. And then Mm -hmm. you get sued. Like how, like what a pain in the ass to be like, fine, I have to settle with you. And you, and I was doing what was right. Like, I'm just saying yeah. that's from this last version of um, deposition, like, seems the most plausible that yeah. John didn't punch anybody. But. Yeah. And it sucks because I do feel it took them it, – this happened in 2017. It wasn't until 2018 that he decided to file this claim and everything. And, um, yeah, I just hope, like, after reading his stuff, he does seem like he's – very truthful in the sense of like he did tell his injuries and he gave that all up really face value, which was to the detriment of him. So I don't know, like there's always that middle ground, but um, yeah, what a weird timing. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know. I would, I would just imagine more people would have stepped up to the plate and been like, no, we saw Johnny like hit him. And like, absolutely. At- if, if Johnny um, would have punched somebody, I feel like 10 to one, there'd be people being like, yeah, we saw Johnny punch someone. He's known for being aggressive. He was drunk or whatever the case would be. Like Mm. you definitely feel like people would lean into that to Mm. be part of the story, even if, you know. Yeah. And it wasn't just Johnny that was sued in this either. His company in Infinitum Nile, I'm probably totally butchering it. It means, um, oh God, I looked at it last night because I want to make sure I had the, the description right when I said it, but um, it's like never ending or something. Um, it, it, he, uh, that was also being sued. So I don't know if there was like a bigger, a hope for a bigger outcome. Bigger play. It. That's yeah. it, right? Like it's, I don't know. The whole thing is, is sketchy. And I do wonder as someone that's been in a car accident that has had a lawsuit um, and everything else, if this was as Rocky was into car accidents. Maybe he probably got settlements for those as he should, you know? Um, and I wonder if that was like, he was like, Oh, you know, cause like, that's what one of my lawyers said to me one time. It was like, you know, normally people, they go home and they were like, that wasn't right. And that's, I mean, that's what happened to me because, you know, you go to the hospital, you're in pain and then you come home and like my mother, you know, came immediately and she was like, uh, we need to file a lawsuit because, you know, you were hit by a guy doing an illegal U-turn, like something, something's got to give here, right? Like he almost mm-hmm. killed you. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, normally when people, so I, I feel like that might've been what happened here too, but like also I'm not sure it's like the full, 
a full series of events. But Sure, sure. And sometimes attorneys are like a little lawsuit happy. They're like, ah, if, if nothing comes of it, then nothing comes of it. But if you mm-hmm. sue them, then you have nothing to lose. Like, so, I mean, yeah. obviously lying in deposition or something is not great. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. I know for myself, since transitioning to a working from home environment, the importance of taking care of your own mental health. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Now, it's not a crisis line and it's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. The service is available for clients worldwide and you can log into your account anytime, day or night to message your therapist. It's more affordable than traditional in-person therapy and financial aid is available. You can visit their website and read other clients' testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com ITT, that's better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And for listeners of Innocent Till Tipsy, you can go to their website and get an additional 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com ITT. That's betterhelp.com slash ITT. Yeah. But for now, like, let us know in the comments what you guys thought of this whole thing. And like, um, the God bless Sasha for putting this episode together because it was, we were rusty after the summer. Hey, sorry. Hey, but what a mess. Um, Thanks for stepping in too last week. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Um, My pleasure. Um, but yeah, how did you like the wine? Um, pretty good. (laughs) I don't have much left. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, I like it because it's me, but it gets a little bit sweet. So Mm -hmm. it grew on me, but I, you know, I'm a little tipsy at this point. So find a dry one for you. Yeah, next time. (laughs) I'm excited to open, like we said, our naked wines boxes. I'm so excited. Next week, naked wine. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Thank you guys for bearing with me this episode, jumping all over the core documents and everything. But yeah, until next time. Until next time. Cheers. Mm -hmm. Cheers. A Huda Media Production. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.